Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Larry Ball, former Miami Dolphin. I'm listening to the Fantasy Justice Show. I'm Arturo Freeman, former NFL player, defensive back, and I listen to the Fantasy Gesture. This is Pat Sertan, and you're listening to the Fantasy Gesture Show. Know your role and shut your mouth because the people's champ is ready to talk. And that would be me. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Uh, for Enzo Amore out there listening, Enzo Amore, how you doing? Bada bing, bada boom. The Jester is the realist in the room. That's a little salute to Enzo Amore, still recovering from that nasty-ass whiplash off the rope. Hey, Enzo, uh, remember, that you're, you're from where I'm from. and Take a few weeks, have some white mana, maybe go to Cubby's. Uh, white mana is a burger place uh, up by us, uh, up by him now, uh, where I used to be from. Cubby's is a barbecue. Enjoy that, Enzo. And, and then maybe go to Vita Mia. Good Italian deli. Get yourself some dried mozzarella. Um, so that is what we're doing. We're wishing him the best. And if anybody wants to send me any of that from any of those places, Fantasy Jester at Yahoo. Anyway, folks, you're listening to the Fantasy Jester show. I am he, where's the earth-shattering kaboom? The earth-shattering kaboom is the sound of the Justice Show taking off nicely, folks. Absolutely nicely. Um, whether it's the website that's only been out three weeks, or uh, we're, we're getting some bad audio is what I'm hearing. Um I don't know if it's any better now. Uh, I'm getting some looks. Let's see. Uh, this is the beauty of live radio, and uh, we'll see what we can do. It might not be me. It might be blog talk themselves. Uh, I don't know who it is at this point, to be honest with you. We're checking things. We've got the engineer here working on it, and uh, let's see. Okay, well... Everybody here, the engineer's giving me a thumbs up, so it might not be us. Um, I'm still getting from the sound people, though, the negative. All right, we're going to keep talking and have them work on it, and uh, we're going to keep getting reports if it's working better or not. Um, They're trying, and... I don't know. All right. Well, anyway, we're going to keep trying and see what happens. Uh, You know, it's funny, just as we're about ready to talk about how things are going so great, and they really are. Um, The website, the radio shows, all getting much better. I mean, the followers are joining uh, the Twitter, whether it's Twitter or uh, Facebook the website, all of which is really, really just better. You know, you go into it hoping for good. You really do. And there's nothing you can do. I mean, you got to sit, wait, 
hope for the best and thank God it's been great. You know, I might be as, uh, you know, I'm cocky as hell about fantasy sports or general sports knowledge. Now, you know, I'm not trying to be an ass when I say that, um, but it's true. You know, it, it happens to be true and quite provable. What is also true is I am new at the rest. Now, from radio shows to websites to marketing to social media, and apparently sound, you know, um, I'm going to have to start becoming my own engineer to make sure that the sound sounds uh, good enough uh, because I don't want to have this problem, and you folks do deserve better than that. So, you know, hopefully that has changed and uh, we're doing better. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, still waiting for a report. Engineers have stopped working, and I'm just waiting on a report back. I'm getting still happening. Huh. All right, let's see. Let, why don't we do this? Why don't we bring in first? Why don't we bring JT in first? JT, how you doing? How you sounding, my brother? I'm, I'm sounding pretty good. I, I, you're a little in and out there. I don't know if maybe Paul's uh, having their issues once again, or but yeah, just a little in and out there. Little in and out, huh? Um, alrighty. You know what? I'll tell you what. What we'll do is uh, I'll keep talking, and you tell me if it gets any better, any worse, and uh, we'll take it from there. If Sounds good. Lose, if we lose me, I guess you're taking the show for a little bit. How's that? Well, sound? I figure after Bill Crude gets done with you, that's probably a distinct possibility anyway. So hey, it's good practice. Okay, and all of a sudden you sound better. And I don't know how I sound still. Any better? Yeah, you're still the same. You're still the same, bud. How about now? Anybody? A little bit. And this still sounds crappy, yeah, you're, huh? Yeah, a little, little choppy. That's wonderful. All right, well, you know what? I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to bring, uh, I'm going to bring Jason in. And I'm going to let, uh, let you and Busy go ahead. And start talking about uh, Curry for MVP and the predictions the rest of the way while we get the sound people on this. How does that sound? Sounds good. All right. Busy J, you there, my brother? I'm here. How's everybody doing? Listen, besides a little sound problem, we're doing great. Uh, I'm going to let you and JT talk a little bit about Curry and the MVP and if he's deserving of it. And also the predictions for the rest of the way. Uh, while I let the sound people work on this, I'm going to be gone for a minute and uh, see what we can come up with. You guys go ahead and talk. You know, I have to do my normal Saturday Night Lakers question for you now. So <laughs> I, I, I want your opinion on this. So I'm reading from several sources that DeMar DeRozan wants to go home to L.A., played at USC, has family out there, wants to wear the purple and gold, but alas, he is a restricted free agent. Will, will I be cheering DeMar DeRozan next year, or will he still be north of the border? Mm, that's a very tough – you know what? I think you're going to be cheering, cheering for him in L.A., and here's why. You have to admit, the, 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 the Raptors have just been underachieving. They're going to another game seven in two series where they were the better team. But yet they're just mentally not there. They're not there altogether. It's not really the Marcus's fault, but I still see him bolting out. It's L.A. It's home. He could be the new star. He could be the new attraction. Rebuild his legacy now, over there. Why? Why wouldn't you want to see him? Do you, no one. Uh, I think I absolutely 
absolutely go to L.A., but the problem is that word restricted. Does Toronto block it? Do they match any offer that L.A. throws out there? Mm. It depends. It depends on what changes they're going to want to make. Because let's say they do match it. Because you know that L.A. is going to offer them a ton of money. Apparently DeMar DeRozan's calling it. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Who's there? Oh, I'm here. Oh, I can hear you. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sneaky as hell. See, the engineers are looking at me going, I don't know what to do. And they're pretty bright people, and um, I've got two of them going, I don't know. So what I did is I called myself on my own damn cell, and I will work you the show from here. You yourself on your own show. That's, I'll tell you what, that's that's got like WWE wrestler written all over it. It's like you're going to refer to yourself in a third person next. It's fantastic. I love it. I uh, I did what I had to to make sure that this show goes right. I mean, you know, we do a lot of hard work. We do a lot of hard research. You, myself, Busy J, you know, we uh, we put a lot of effort into this. So to have something as silly as sound mess it up, uh, I'm not going to take that chance. Well, well, Jester, I don't know if you were able to hear what we were saying. I was hitting him with my typical Saturday Night Laker question of if uh, the Lakers sign DeMar DeRozan, does Toronto match being he's a restricted free agent? Um, so we were just discussing that. Any thoughts on that before we hit Curry? Uh, no, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, you guys continue on. I'm going to jump in in a second as I'm being annoyed here um, with the stuff here. So I'll jump in on Curry in a second. Let's talk Curry, Busy. So MVP, thumbs up, thumbs down. That's uh, a tough one. Most most valuable player, no Offensive player of the year, player of the year, yes. Not most valuable player. I don't even think he's the MVP of his own team. Wow. Okay, so who who's the MVP of that team? Draymond. Draymond, hands down, he's the heart and soul of that team. Wow. Okay. He's the engine now, that just keeps on going. A couple things that I look at on him. Close to okay. 31 points. What is he? Close to 31 points a night this season he averaged. Uh, right mm-hmm. around 30 and a half. So, yeah. And he did that on 16 and a half shots a game on average. I mean, that I, lo- I like those kind of little numbers like that, you know, per 48-minute stats, those kind of things. You got a guy that shot 40, 47%, 48% from the field, um, or 50% from the field is saying here, at 11 three-pointers shot a game and connected on 45% of those. But it's funny, we talked last week about when he's not been playing in the playoffs, the Warriors have actually been a better team defensively. So I actually am going to have to agree with you on that. So if you had to select somebody for MVP this season, who is it? If I have, I would have to go with LeBron. I know everybody's like, why LeBron? Ooh. But you you take LeBron off the Cavs, we've seen what we've seen that story before. Now you okay. take that, like you said, you take Steph off. Steph's only played maybe three full playoff games a season, and you would argue, like you said, the stats show the Warriors have played better without him, and they pretty much they didn't they didn't need him in the Houston series. I thought that was a big mistake even putting him back out there. They should have rested him until the second round of the playoffs. But uh, even that, that's an example of how much they really didn't rely on him then. They're going to need him now for this series and going forward. But the first two rounds, they could have pretty much won without Steph. 
And, you know, as much as I can't stand LeBron James, I really can't argue what you're saying there. You know, if you take KD off of Oklahoma City, I still think they're a playoff team with Russell Westbrook. If you do take LeBron away, you know, maybe Kevin Love's number goes up a little bit. But you know what? I think you're right. I as much as I hate to say it, that does sound like the guy that should have probably won the trophy. But, so, but JT, well, I, I give you. Let me ask you something though. Okay. I mean, you you were close there for a second, okay? And I want to ask you something. And this is we're, we're going to be uh, switching gears back up and getting back on schedule with the show in a second. My question though is this: um, Russell Westbrook. I mean, how does he? And this is I think this is what has me upset with uh, Steph Curry. It's not that he isn't an MVP-type player, okay? Uh, I have a problem, I think, with the unanimous part. I don't think he's that much better. And I, I think that discussion, because to me, Russell Westbrook is extremely important to his team, okay? A guy that has set the record uh, in season for double-doubles, and you're talking about a league that had somebody named Magic Johnson. Right. So my thing is this, though. Okay, Russell Westbrook isn't, but Steph Curry is unanimous? Now, okay, then my question is this. What is the criteria? Can we get a true definition, then, of what the MVP award is supposed to be? Is it statistics? Is it MVP to his team, or is it MVP to the league? You know, think, is it? I think I will get it. I think the I think the way they want it, the way it's been set up for the last God knows how long, they say twenty five years or so since the Jordan era, they pretty much gave the MVP to the best player on the best regular season team. Just just uh just to make the argument sake, there was a year that Shaq won, and I believe it was two thousand and three. Shaq won MVP. It should have went to Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd didn't get it because Shaq was on the better team. And I just thought that was absurd. But I totally agree. He, somebody should have got at least a vote or consideration. You don't give it unanimously to Steph Curry. I thought that was a big joke. I, you know, I just can't I believe that he's there. head and shoulders above the rest. God, I'm sorry, what Jason. I, what I see out there is it's a popularity contest it, as it, as it always has been in my opinion it's a popularity contest who's the guy that's selling you know the the shoes right now who's the guy that's everybody's darling who's the guy that you know the, and he's a little guy comparatively to some of these other guys we're talking about you know you bring up russell westbrook i wonder if the thunder would be as good with kd and no russell as they are with russell when durant's out if that makes any sense so that's you know, what i've been westbrook, and that's been my question that's a valid point. So, um, but you know what? The NBA likes things a certain way. It had David Stern did it. Adam Silver's following in his shoes. So, yeah. But you know, going, well, going back to LeBron, I I got to ask you guys this question. We talked about most valuable player. Now, what if you took LeBron off the Eastern Conference? His value, his value to the Eastern Conference alone is worthy of MVP. Uh. He makes the point. Yeah, because, I mean, there's a good point there as far – and, again, that's why I'm calling for this. I mean, can we get it from the NBA, okay, so that, you know, we can help the definition and and better uh, get our discussions geared in at least one direction. Listen, not everybody's going to always agree, and that's great. 
but can we at least be comparing apples to apples? You know, are they saying it's by stats? Is it by the team or is it for the league? Because then we can make our arguments individually based on that, you know, and, and it kind of helps. But, I mean, right now it's just you have varying opinions based on, you know, varying, you know, criteria. So, you know, I, I just, like I said, the biggest thing for me, and, and this is where I'm going to leave it, guys, is this. I just feel that he isn't that far, hands down, the best player in the league. If that's what they're going by, okay, like that he's just that valuable to the league. Uh, a, a guy that we have talked about before, Isaiah Thomas had better numbers. And so, I mean, we can go into a whole big discussion about the era that he's in, the uh, non-calls that he's able to work with, the uh, moving screen that he's able to come off of that doesn't get called, things like that. So um, what we're going to do, though, is now on the line, we're going to switch gears, and we're going to go to the WWE, and our wrestling expert, um, as much as it pains me to say that, and uh, but he really is, uh, Bill Crude is going to join us in a second here. Uh, unfortunately, guys, tonight we have to talk to him after he was pretty much correct on his uh, prediction of uh, Shane and Stephanie coming out as the uh, partners for Raw. And, uh, well, we'll have to deal with that and whatever other rhetoric he brings. Uh, let's bring him in now. Uh, Bill, you there, sir? Yeah, Jester, I'm here, man. How are you tonight? I was great. I was doing uh, wonderful. I mean, the sound problems at the beginning of the show uh, don't pale in comparison to what I might have to deal with with you. Um, they they just, uh, I would rather deal with the sound problems. It was easier to fix the sound problems than possibly having to deal with whatever you have to bring, especially on a night where we're talking about you being uh, correct on your prediction. Well, you know, baby, when you talk about wrestling, you talk about me, not you. Hey, and I want to shout out JT, man. He's my buddy. You there, JT? How's it going, Bill? I'm here. Ah, uh, man, it's going good, brother. Uh, listen to me. How do you put up with this douchebag of a jester that you deal with on, on a weekly basis, man? I, that's what I want to know. I don't care about MVP. Well, you know, I'm the MVP. You know, she's talking you know on the phone. He doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. See, what? you know what, Bill? Sometimes you're the bug. Sometimes you're the windshield, you know, and I've had to adopt that with this guy, you know. Sometimes he's right, sometimes he's wrong. I mean, the sun does shine on a dog's ass every now and again. So, yeah, you know. Everybody's having still, fun. Everybody's having hey, fun. That's nice. It, you called it. It happened. I mean, you know, hey, I, I think you deserve a little time to crow about that. Hey, listen to me, girl. It ain't over yet. There's another big thing coming down the line with Stephanie and Shane. Uh, uh, let me tell you this, man. I'm going to tell you, Stephanie is on her way out the door right now. What's going on? Really? What's going on? Give, give it to us, man. Break it down. What do you got? I'm dying. What do you got? Well, here's what's going to happen. Eventually, here in the near future, you're going to have Shane McMahon come out to the ring and verse Triple H. And the winner takes uh, control of WWE Raw or WWE. And you know the winner's going to be Shane McMahon. There's nobody going to beat him. Triple H is old and he's washed up. 
and he needs to take a couple years and go off somewhere and just enjoy his life with his kids. Yeah, and maybe he could make another movie, you know? I mean, they've been so successful in the past. Yeah, yeah. That's what he needs to do. Hey, listen, Jester, I got I, I got something important I need to talk to you about, man. Are you talking about wrestling right now? June 11th, there's a show coming up in Sanford, Florida, that I personally invited you and that bed and breakfast boy or whoever that kid is eating breakfast in bed all the time. <laughs> I, I invited you up personally, man. I gave you an invite, and I haven't heard nothing if you've accepted it or not. What, what's going on with you? You coward? Well, no. You see, actually, Bill, I had been waiting uh, till your next visit on the show. I haven't said anything. Matter of fact, uh, no, JT will tell you I haven't said much about it, and I just no, wanted yeah, to go ahead and wait till the uh, first time we had you on air, and I knew you were coming on, and I kind of warned my Facebook people that something was going to happen, and uh, yeah, I've got to be honest with you, I've given it some thought. I mean, you know, I think it's really good that you want to invite me to the wrestling ring, and uh, Joey from Bread From Your Bed, and uh, as much as I'd like to, I will definitely have to... Uh, I will definitely have to accept, sir, and I will promise you I will kick your ass that night all over that damn ring. I have been looking forward to this. I have been sick of your crap pretty much on and off. Uh, you know, I got a couple of those texts a couple of weeks ago, and I thought that was pretty funny, okay? And, yeah, you know what? June 11th, Sanford, what time? I'll be there. Joey will be there, okay? And we'll get this thing straightened out once and for all. That's the only thing you can get that kid out of his bed and breakfast. I mean, geez, that's all he does is talk about bed and breakfast. But listen, I got a special surprise for you. I'm glad you accepted this challenge because I'm personally going to invite you into my world, which is not fantasy like your world, into the reality world of professional wrestling, and I'm going to actually invite you to step into the ring between them ropes and see what it really is to be a wrestler and not some fantasy thing like this fantasy gesture guy you are. Yeah, <sighs> Uh, you know, folks, here you go. Um, this is it. We're going to start talking about this on a regular basis, okay? I don't care. I'm really, I will get into the ring. I have done stupider stuff than that, I'm sure. But in this case, I don't see it. I don't see it. I mean, you're yeah. broke down. You're an old man. Stop it, okay? I mean, uh really? I mean, you look you look like, honestly, when people see the pictures, okay, and folks, do me a favor, okay, when you have the opportunity, okay, take a look at this guy, think Burt Reynolds, okay, maybe around in his 50s, 60s, okay, and beat to shit. I mean, and I'm going to make that look good, okay, so, you know, I mean, he's got this gay 70s mustache going, okay, I don't know what the hell that is all about. Um, like, and I'm gonna knock the yeah no no I'm gonna knock the mustache right off of him like I said once before I've got a nickname for him I call him Pinata. <laughs> JT are you coming from Ohio down here brother because you are gonna be so excited to see this you know and if I had to, if I had time to get down there that's why I'm hoping somebody films this for me okay somebody's got to film this for me we got to put this on the site because. Unfortunately, I won't be able to get down for this, but believe me, I will be uh, salivating over the results of this thing. And what was it, JT? Jester, something about him looking like a California raisin or something? I mean, uh, you hey, know. Hey. 
Uh, no, you know what? Here, JT, here's the thing. And no, I have no problem, and that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to have cameras. We're going to take plenty of pictures. We're going to have video. We're going to film this. We're going to put this. We're going to put this down. We're going to make mark this for history and posterity. Okay, to watch what happens. I mean, this is absolutely ridiculous. First of all, folks, watch when you see the pictures. When I step in the ring, the difference is my size to this man. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Bill, I, hopefully you're bringing a bunch of people. You know what? You're just like a woman. Size don't matter. I, I hope you're bringing a bunch of people. I mean, really, you better be bringing like half the wrestlers you know, brother. Listen, Joey and Joey, let me tell you something about Joey. Joey's no joke. You saw him that night at the party. That kid's no joke. He was ready to suplex anybody that night instantly. Yeah, and that's why he got left laying on your couch. Hey, listen, man, when the Crude Alliance is there, you know I never come alone, brother, so be ready for the unexpected, okay? Because when I'm done, you're going to be laid down on that mat and, J- and, and JT up there in Ohio, when he sees these pictures, he's going to be laughing his ass off, and he's going to have to do the show because you ain't going to be able to. Right, never poke uh, the you bear, know, man. Never poke the bear. You know, JT, JT and Busy J right now are just sitting there salivating going, hmm, we could take this show over nicely. Um, we and we'll see. We will see about this, folks. Okay, June 11th, Sanford, Florida. It is on. We will uh, go ahead. We're going to start posting this on the website. We're going to do a story about it. We're going to start promoting this. This is this is definitely happening. This isn't a shtick right now, folks. This is this is the real thing. I'm going to get into the ring. I'm getting into the ring with Bill, and I'm going to find out what this is all about. I have no problem doing so. Hey, let's change let's change gears for a second. Let's get serious. I mean, uh, I, I like what you do. You're you're an ass, and the world knows you're an ass. But I still like what you do. <laughs> I respect your fantasy. Um, but let's change gears for a second, because on uh, uh, May 21st, Bill Cruz, yes, yes, and all the Mid Florida wrestling guys are going to be in Orlando, Florida, at the Ronald McDonald House. We're going to be doing autographs, and we're going to be cooking food for all the families of all the little kids nice. that are over there at the Arnold Palmer Hospital. So we're co- if you're in the area in Orlando on May 21st from 10 to 1, come out and see us as we, the wrestlers, do all the cooking and preparing and feeding the families of these poor kids that are stuck in that hospital. That's awesome. Wow, that is great. And, you know, I mean, you, you hit the soft spot with all of us at uh, FantasyJusticeSports.com and the shows and everything. All of us have a soft spot for the kids. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, please, everybody, if you have the opportunity, Ronald McDonald House, Orlando, uh, May 21st, uh, 10 to 1 o'clock, correct, Bill? That is correct. Fine. What I'm going to do is uh, normally that's, a, uh, that's going to be on a uh, – Matter of fact, that is wow. That is next Saturday. Yes, Normally, I'm pretty tied up on a on a show day. Uh, I I have you know several obligations, production meetings, and things like that. I'm going to see what I can do so that the jester can go ahead and attend that as well. I I'd like to support you guys in your efforts. That's awesome. Um, bring your camera, man, mm. and I'll tell you for that one day and one day only. It's about the families and the kids. So right. I'll leave you alone. 
But after yeah, no, 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 yeah, no, no. This is joining, and this is big. It's a, it's about the families that are going through things, and it's about the especially the children. So, no, no, we'll uh, we'll make it a great time for all of them. The one thing absolutely. The one thing about professional wrestling that I lo- I love and why I've done it for thirty five years is the kids. You know, we can. We can talk all this BS and yell and scream and we're going to hurt each other, whatever, man. But when it comes down to the kids, man, my heart goes out to those kids and those families. And we're the first ones there to take care of them and make their wishes come true or do whatever because we care about the kids. And at the end of the day, it's entertainment. And we're there to ha- make people happy and put smiles on people's faces. On people's faces. That's what we do. Uh, Bill, absolutely beautiful. Uh, you know, they say not you know everybody there isn't all bad, and I, I guess you have your good side too. Uh, as much as that kills me to say, that's a very great thing. And I, like I said, I will go ahead, see what I can do, clear my schedule. I, I'd love to join you on that and do whatever I can to help you uh, with that, sir. Bill, thanks so much for joining us. Um, I look forward to. Uh, you know what, next week what we can do is, uh, would you be able to come on the show next week? Yeah. All right, great. What we'll do is we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about Ronald McDonald. We'll talk about what we did that day. Uh, we'll go ahead. We'll talk uh, the extreme rules and what's coming up and what to look for. And also talk a little further about June 11th. Folks, everyone, that was Bill Crude, uh, wrestler, promoter, uh, pain in the ass extraordinaire. Uh, I want to thank him for joining. And uh, right now what I'm going to do is I want to talk to you a little bit about our sponsors and also uh, what's coming up on FantasyJesterSports.com. Folks, the Fantasy Jester Show is brought to you by FantasyJesterSports.com, your kingdom for everything fantasy sports and more. Also, the Fantasy Jester Show is brought to you by 888.com for all your gambling needs. You go on the Fantasy Jester site right now and you click on the icon for 888.com and you go there and you can gamble on anything you want in any sport that you want from football, basketball, you name it. And it goes through season by season and, and all the different things that you can gamble on there. They also have a casino on there. And right now, you know, you can go on and go play blackjack. And this is from the comfort of your own home. I mean, this is why I like it. Uh, you know, I like to play blackjack myself. And, you know, you can sit down in your own home. I sit in my comfies. I pour myself a drink. I sit. I relax. I don't have to travel. I don't have to do anything with privacy in my own home. And there I am. I'm at the casino having a blast, okay? Um, also, if you join through the website right now, three times your winnings you're going to win, if you gamble on something and your winnings is supposed to be $100, you will get $300. That's right. Also on the website right now, we're bringing you these shows on the website, buysportsintegrity.com. Everything you could possibly want in sports memorabilia and signed authentic. See, you got to watch where you get stuff from, folks. It could be signed by anybody. You know, I, Joe Blow could be signing it and telling you, oh, yeah, you know, you know, this is Clayton Kershaw's, and, and you don't know. you got to know where you're getting it from. Sportsintegrity.com for sports memorabilia and autographed memorabilia. Also, coming up on FantasyJusticeSports.com, we're doing everything to become your one-stop site 
for anything you need sports, we've got the gambling, we've got the memorabilia, and a couple of weeks under armor apparel will be available through fantasyjesterSports.com. Again, we're going to bring you everything that you could possibly need. Medical expert. We broke her out last week. Sarah Kelly. Matter of fact, Sarah Kelly got me into a little trouble. She didn't mean to. She just happens to be better than Matthew Berry's uh, medical expert. And uh, I pointed that out to Mr. Berry in a tweet, and I thought I was pretty polite about it. I didn't, you know, I was just trying to have fun. Ha, ha, he, he. Turns out he bans me for that, and uh, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, Next week we're going to be talking about that uh, a lot further and where that's going to go. Mr. Berry, uh, you didn't like the tweet. What are you going to do when I constantly challenge you to football, fantasy football, until you cave? and you finally play. That is going to happen, folks. I promise you that. Next up, also, at FantasyJesterSports.com, we make sure we bring you great writers and great articles all week long. You also have two phenomenal radio shows, Fantasy Jester Show. The numbers for the site are great, but the numbers for Fantasy Jester Show, it's just continuing to grow. It's growing like my Twitter numbers. My Twitter numbers are absolutely ridiculous. I didn't have a Twitter account until just a short time ago. I'm over 1,400. I mean, people are following, and people are following quick. And and it's because we bring quality. We bring you guys like JT. We bring you guys like Jason Busy, Jay Cordner. We bring Joey. We bring Kid Kelly. I mean, these are the things that we're bringing to the show. Bill Crude, Sarah Kelly. People are starting to recognize one thing, okay? While we have a couple of laughs, and we do, we have fun with what we're doing, and we want you two to have to also have fun. But we're going to do it, and we're going to bring you some great facts, great numbers for you fantasy people. In the coming weeks, okay, the swag page, we're waiting. The charity, the person's on vacation. I've got to wait till they're done before I can make any formal announcement. That's coming. Hopefully next week I can bring that to you guys. Also, the trade analyzer, fill in the questions, get back an answer. Uh, that's coming to the website. Also, um, ticket giveaways. Can someone say ticket giveaways? We got a, another baseball ticket giveaway that's going to happen. The Fantasy Jester Sports app for iPhone or Samsung. You got it, folks, for everybody. The sports app right there to your phone. This way you got everything, boom, right there. One touch for you. The next thing that we're very happy to announce, coming for in time for football, the Fantasy Jester ebook, How to Play Fantasy Sports. And it's going to give you the breakdown, the general thought on fantasy sports, but then it's also going to break down how to play six different fantasy sports, NHL, NBA, NFL, MLB, golf, and auto racing, all in an e-book. You can sign up for our newsletter. That's coming on our website, The Jester's Court. Folks, things are happening so fast here at Fantasy Jester. We are so excited to bring you what we've been bringing you. 
And look for more to continue. We've got some phenomenal guests coming up by the middle of the month. We've got some great guests coming up. And I'll tell you, folks, I am proud to bring you everything that shows. Uh, for those of you fantasy jester shows, if you listen to the Gridiron guys, the last episode, we talked about the Hall of Fame football players of the recently retired who makes it? Who doesn't? Go listen to that archived edition and see what you think. I mean, we kept some good names on, but we left some really good names off. And I want to know if you agree or disagree. Make sure you write into fantasyjesteryahoo.com. Also on our articles, please comment. Don't agree with us, or you do agree with us. So you see something you like, see something you don't like. Let us know. Let us know. All right, folks, what I'm going to do is I'd like to go ahead. We're going to bring uh, both Jasons back in now, both Jason uh, Busy J. Cordner and JT, Jason Townsend. Guys, back on. How's everybody? Back oh, man, I'm roll. good. Back, back on, and I love those commercials, man. That's just awesome. Can't wait to get me some you know, off the Fantasy Justice site. Thanks, Busy. Thanks. Yeah, you know, we've got, and there's so much more that I can't announce. I, I can't announce things that, uh, until that they're final. I mean, no matter how close that we are, I don't want to, you know, jinx it and also give a report that I know isn't 100% yet. But, yeah, things are happening quick. We're, the site is growing quick. We're getting, I mean, the followers and the return followers to the website is fantastic. The one number that I absolutely love about our website, uh, people are spending time on the site. They're spending minutes. They're not spending seconds. They're spending minutes on the site. I mean, that is people really loving what they're seeing, taking a look around, and, you know, hopefully they're just seeing, you know, what I believe that we're bringing, all of us that we work so hard for, you know, you, Busy J, UJT, uh, the kid, Joey, you know, all the support staff, they're seeing the quality, and they're staying there, and they're going from article to article, and, and that's just great. Fantasy Jester, you know, <clears throat> out of the gate, Fantasy Justice Show was just big. Uh, and it's funny because it looks like it's little brother, uh, the Gridiron guys, on Thursday night, 7 o'clock Eastern. Uh, looks like it might follow uh, might follow suit. So, you know, a lot of big things. We're really happy. Uh, you know, and I think I could speak for you guys on this. I'd like to hear you know, what JT has to say and you busy. But, I mean, is it me or is there a buzz around here just like constantly, 24-7? Oh yeah, there's definitely the buzz going on. I mean, you can feel it. Um, you know, some of the feedback I've read and some of the people that I've communicated with uh, all seem very positive. So I'm excited to do it, and I'm excited to bring some more information. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying is just the feedback has been so good, and I want to thank everybody. You know, the people have been wonderful for the most part. You know. Uh, I'd say 98% of the feedback has been great. You're not going to please everybody. And that I, I understand and I respect that and I respect their opinions. But, you know, um, with that, what I want to do, though, guys, is uh, we, I want to finish up uh, uh, talking about the NBA. Before we go on, we're going to have Aaron Mickey in talking about the FA Cup. Yes. We're also going to go into baseball and football yet. 
But before we go into any other sport, I do want to finish something up about basketball because um, I'm curious, and I've been posing this question wherever I go, and I'm getting some interesting answers. Uh, Busy Jay, I'm going to start with you on your answer, and then I'll go to JT. Uh, is Pop staying? Is Pop staying for the rebuild in San Antonio, or when Duncan leaves, is Pop going? I think Pop is sticking around. They don't really need a total rebuild over there. I think what happened with the last series is Oklahoma City Thunder exposed some of the weaknesses and flaws that people weren't able to see with the San Antonio Spurs. For example, no one expected Cantor and Adams to be so aggressive on the boards over Duncan, over David West, over Aldridge. And I just think what needs the Spurs need to do is a quick refit. It's a quick rebuild. If they somehow were able to get Mike Conley, he would fit in perfect to that system. You will take away Tony Parker's minutes. You'd bring his minutes down a little bit, have him fresh for the playoffs, and you will, in essence, form a new big three. Well, Conley, Kawhi Leonard, and LaMarcus Aldridge. And this way you have Duncan and those guys' roles diminish a little bit and let the youth movement carry them on until, you know, you need, you need them in the playoffs. But I don't think it's going to be a big rebuild. And I so think let me Conley ask you, you think back. Duncan's coming back next year? I think Duncan's coming back for one more year. One more year, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. What about Ginobili and Parker? I think the, I think the whole band comes back for one more year. Ginobili might be a little difficult, difficult to get him to come back, but I think he'll take less money. He'll come back just to get the band to give it one last try at getting another championship. Yeah, I don't. I, I think this is it. I think this is where they they uh, they go ahead and stop paying guys uh, that are are to me. I mean, during the playoffs. These guys put up mostly bench numbers, except for Duncan's uh, effort in that last game. Uh, even him, he was putting up bench numbers, and so so were the other two. You know, so, I mean, can you afford to pay those guys for bench numbers and maintain any kind of uh, competitiveness? So that's going to be the question. Maybe they're going to have to ask them to take a reduced salary, restructure a contract or something. Probably. But, uh, JT, what are you thinking on this? Do you think Pop's back? Yeah, I do. I mean, the guy's got a great relationship with ownership and Peter Holt. Uh, you know, he's got five championships since 1999. Uh, it's got to be the quietest five championships over that span that I've ever heard. I mean, no one really still talks about the Spurs when they talk about great teams. Uh, I think there's a lot of loyalty there, and I think Pop's name in general carries a lot of clout with free agents, uh, you know, and that sort of thing. So I can see, even as a favor to ownership, who he's got a great relationship with, him sticking around. Next two seasons, there's some great free agents in the class. Uh, they've already shown that they have an innate ability to pick out diamonds in the rough on the Euro players and the South American players, um, much more so than a lot of the other teams do with their scouting. And um, I can definitely see him sticking around. As for Duncan, I'd like to see Duncan kind of do, I can't believe two weeks in a row I'm going to mention Tree Rollins, but do what Tree did in Orlando, a little player coach. You know, play a few minutes here and there, but be somebody to work with this next generation of guys that they bring in, teach them how to be champions. So I think you're, uh, I think you're going to see Pop there. He's got nothing else he wants to do. The guy loves his job. He's not going anywhere. 
Yeah, well, in 2014, uh, Pop had said, when Duncan goes, so does he. Mm-hmm. So I guess if Duncan's around, he's got three years. Pop's got three years on an $11 million per uh, contract yet. So, I mean, he signed a five-year contract two years ago. Um, you know, I mean, he's going to pretty much, he has free reign to do what he wants, I would imagine, after 20 years uh, with the team. 19, he's got, he holds the NBA record for most consist, uh, consecutive winning seasons. Um uh, for playoffs and regular season at 19. He's got the five championships, like you said. He's three-time coach of the year. There's only four other coaches that have, uh, have won five NBA championships or more. I mean, the guy's place is uh, going to be the Hall of Fame. So if he decides to stay or go, it's going to be his choice. I mean, that much we know. Uh, I right. just want to see, like I said, I'm not convinced that Duncan's going to be back. I think... You know, like I said, if Duncan goes, I can see Pop riding off and, and taking his uh, illustrious career with him to back up to the uh, executive offices and uh, finish out there. But it's an interesting, like I said, I've been getting some interesting, very, very uh, interesting feedback uh, on that. Uh, now, let me ask you guys, while we're, let, me, let me just take basketball just a little further here uh, while we're on the subject. And uh, we're at the playoffs. Uh, now, it's, is anybody stopping Golden State or the four? Or, or, you know, has anybody jumped on that Cleveland bandwagon saying, you know, if these boys are serious, uh, they could do it? I mean, uh, you know, JT, let's go with you first this time. Uh, what are you thinking? Uh, Still Golden State, or uh... you know, I, the winner is going to come out of the West. See, it's you know, we're looking at Golden State. We're looking at, at you know Oklahoma City. Um, if I'm you know if I'm in that series, if I'm the Western Conference Finals, and I'm looking at Oklahoma City, I'm going to take Westbrook and absolutely just drive the ball down Steph Curry's throat. I'm going to make him play defense, uh, and I think that I think that they're smart enough to know that they're smart enough to do that. Cleveland, I've said it before. They're they're one, whoever 2015-16's Kelly Olynyk elbow away from a big injury with either Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love, or you have LeBron who's butt hurt right now because Steph Curry was the MVP. You know I don't know if you saw the needles and shots that he took on that one, but I don't know. That just to me screams like somebody he's going to go out and try to prove something, and that's generally when you get in trouble. So I'm still not sold on Cleveland. Yeah, um, hmm. Cleveland, though, looks like they, uh, I don't know, they're playing like a team that knows they're not going to be together next year. And uh, sometimes that's a little motivation, too. Is it enough to get them over the hump? Well, it's enough to get them over the hump in the East. Um, Will it get them the championship? If somehow Oklahoma beats uh, Golden State, I can see possibly Cleveland winning then. Uh, But I can't see Oklahoma uh, beating Golden State. And I'll get to the reason why in a minute. Uh, Busy Jay, what are you feeling on this? Do you think – because I know you're feeling a lot on uh, Cleveland, and and you've been calling them pretty much from the beginning. But do you think that they have enough to uh, go all the way? Are they going to give uh, Golden State a run or Oklahoma – you know, Toronto or Miami, it's going to be Toronto. But uh, what do you think? 
I don't know what he thinks. He was He's there. a man of few words. Uh, no, I, 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 I can make a case. I can make a case for all three. If I'm really torn about this, but I'm going to make a case for. You were for the strong, for, silent type, weren't you? <laughs> I'm going to make. I'm going to make a case for the Cavs, and here's this: the Cavs okay. have the luxury of being in the Eastern Conference. They had the first two rounds that nobody on mainstream media t- noticed, but they were toying with their. They were toying with their lineup. They was going big. They was going small. They were just trying to see which lineup would probably work against Golden State or Oklahoma City Thunder. I think LeBron, he is butthurt about what happened. But not only that, but if you look at the whole landscape of this season, it was all about Golden State going for the record. It was all about Kobe farewell tour. And LeBron didn't even get a mention of MVP or what a great job he's doing holding the Cavs together and not really missing too much time. I think LeBron's going to be on a vendetta. I think mentally he needs to play Miami. If he plays Miami and they beat Miami the way I think they'll beat Miami, I'll make a strong case that the Cavs are going to win the title. I just think LeBron is in the right – for once, he's no longer the hunted – he's the hunter. He's no longer the alpha male in the mm-hmm. NBA. That's That's going to Steph Curry. So now all the pressure of LeBron carrying a franchise, it means – because he's an underdog. He, he It means nothing to him that if he doesn't win a title – but if he wins the title, it'll mean so much more. He would be the guy that took out the best team in league history. And I don't think that's getting a lot Ooh. of attention. I don't think it's getting a lot of attention. But for Golden State, Golden State, I, I was really hard about this. I think Oklahoma presents challenges, but they're not that. They're not, their team is not that deep enough anywhere compared to Golden State. Because every time I think about, well, Westbrook and Durant, and you're probably going to have great game from Cantor and Adams off the board, Golden State could throw they could throw Inkadawa, they could throw Green, they could, they're going to definitely bogus to step up. They got so many bodies that I just don't see Oklahoma getting out of that. And I see why um, Warriors winning that in seven games, seven, six or seven games. I give OKC a fighting chance, but they're just not deep enough to beat the Warriors. Not right now. Jester, Jester there... let me throw one thing at Busy, Jester, on this. So, well, two things. First off, if LeBron still needs the public positive reinforcement to basically validate his career at this point, he's got all kinds of other issues that he needs resolved. Secondly, let's be honest, I've seen one player over my lifespan in the NBA that's been able to take a vendetta, take the game all about himself, go one-on-one, and beat the other other team in the game, and that's Michael Jordan. He's not Michael Jordan. So if he does that, that's going to play the Cavs right out of it. Just my opinion. You know, uh, here's the thing: as much I'm not, I've gone on record before as not the biggest LeBron fan. I just don't like how he went about the whole changing a team business and all that. Right. The media circus that became, it was just unnecessary. I guess that comes from me being old school. Um, But. He has the ability, he has the size, he can create the matchup nightmare to dominate, to carry a team. And the problem is is that that clutch gene isn't always there. It just isn't. And that is the problem. Now, my other problem, though, is this, and somebody correct me if I'm wrong. I know JT will in a heartbeat. Um, 
<laughs> There's certain things in life you can well. count on. That's tactics you know, JT correct, and you're right. Yeah, exactly. Is this? Um, and the is it Sorry, my imagination, what? or is Seth Curry, Steph Curry never in foul trouble? I mean, once upon a time in this league, you could go ahead and game plan that you're going to drive on a guy early and often to get him into early foul trouble. I mean, I've seen that tactic used, uh, but I don't see it ever on him. I mean, is that me, or do, does he just not get calls against him? Or I mean, is nobody trying to put him? you got to play defense to get fouls. He doesn't play defense. Yeah, I, I think, like, for the next series, he's going to have to play some defense on Westbrook, but you'll see a lot of switching. They're going to probably throw Clay on him, and they're definitely going to throw Sean Liston on Westbrook, and they're going to try to keep Curry as far away from playing defense as possible, you know, probably more of a zone kind of defense. So, I would so you would that say that man, I would back that man down, back him down, yeah. back him down, back him down. Constantly. And so you're saying the unanimous league MVP is a liability on defense. Yeah. Interesting I'm, interesting thought. I'm not saying he's a liability on defense. I'm saying make him play defense and make him foul. Draw fouls. Well, actually, he's, he's going to have him to play down. defense in the both series because I, I don't see Westbrook being that backing down kind of point guard. Uh, however, I he's can see Kyrie being that. I could see Kyrie doing that. I see both guys just blowing yeah. past him. I mean, you're going to get a lot of reach reach fouls. Well, like I said, though, again, go at him early and often. Get him yep. on his heels, okay, and see what possible fouls you can get. I mean, that would be that'd be just one tactic uh, to get the best player that ever played in the world out of the game. <laughs> Second coming. You know, unanimous you know, it's, vote, fun, it's, funny, so. it's funny about that, what you just mentioned, Jeff. I just, it just dawned on me. The two coaches that's probably standing in the way of the Warriors repeating a championship are both point guards. Billy Donovan was a point guard, and Tyron yeah. was a point guard. So you, you, you're onto something. You're onto something there, Jesse. You're onto something. Well, we'll see what happens. You know that that's a great point you make there, uh, Jason, uh, about that. And we're gonna see. Uh, we're gonna find out real soon. You know, before we uh, bring in, we're going to bring in our soccer expert. And before we uh, yes. do, um, we have a caller. I, I don't know who it is, and um, it's been up here for a little bit. Somebody's holding for a while to get in here. So, you know, it's live radio. Let's see what the heck this is. Hello, mystery caller who's been on hold. Welcome to the show. How can we help you? Don't be shy now. You're alive. You're dead. Are you there? Folks, and that that right there was the ghost of Christmas past. (laughs) I have no idea. Okay. You waited that long on hold and uh, weren't there. Okay. That's live radio, and we're going to go right to... Our next guest, folks, we uh, we every once in a while cover a little soccer, especially some of the bigger games. Um, and, and this gentleman here, 
uh, know soccer inside and out. I mean, it's absolute pleasure to speak with Aaron Mickey. Uh, whenever I have the opportunity uh, to speak with him on soccer, uh, it's like speaking with an encyclopedia. It's absolutely fantastic to have him on the show again tonight. We're going to talk about the uh, Emirates FA Cup final. Aaron, how are you tonight, sir? Doing well. How about yourself, Jester? You know, not too bad. I can't complain. Can't complain. Uh, we had a little earlier sound problem, and uh, we've gotten through that. And pretty good show. Life's been good. Living Florida life, uh, I, I really can't complain. And you know what's really nice is to be able to have you on the show after, uh, you know, we talked about the semifinals uh, and Everton versus Man U and then Crystal Palace versus Watford. And uh, in that show, you know, I try and put on a good performance. If we have a wrestler on like Bill, you know, I want to put on my best wrestling shoes and, you know, sound somewhat educated in the sport and whatnot. And, you know, when we have our football players on and we have our scuba player, scuba divers on and all that, I want to sound educated in what we do. I was never so proud to be able to sit, talk the Emirate FA Cup with you, make my prediction. And if anybody paid attention, uh, I took Man U in Crystal Palace. And, uh, Aaron, what's the final? It is uh, Man U and Crystal Palace from the looks of it. <laughs> That's just remarkable, folks. Absolutely remarkable. Um, it's so yes, uh, well, it is, know, it is uh, rather ow, easy ow, to. I just hurt my arm. I just hurt my arm patting myself on the back. I am getting old. Ah, well, it must be okay. tough to pick what the Vegas odds. So you know, I do commend you for going with uh, what was supposed oh. to happen. I do appreciate that. Is yeah. that what it was? I, you know, I didn't look at the odds. I told you I went with who was hot least recently and who wasn't, and just went with that. Which Historically, Crystal Palace and Man U have done better than the opposite two teams. I really thought Everton would have been able to pull it out just because of their attacking prowess, and they did me wrong. So, yeah, what can yeah. you do? So, what are you saying now? We, we, okay, so now we got Man U Crystal Palace next uh, next Saturday. Uh, what, what do you got for us? What are you looking for? What, what should we all be watching for uh, keys to the game? Well, I think it, uh, definitely Manchester United attacking prowess is going to be overwhelming for Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace was under 50% possession. They only had 46% possession against Watford, first off. Second, they, they allowed 13 shots against Watford, and only one was a save. The other one was their, their goal. Uh, against Everton, Manchester United had 22 shots, seven on goal. So I'm imagining that Manchester United is going to be attacking that Crystal Palace goal over and over and over again, and it's just going to be it's going to be like rocks under the waterfall. They're going to row it away. Something horrible is going to happen. You can't give up 22 shots, 20 shots, even 15 shots without putting away two or three, especially with the class that Manchester United players have. Um, but I think that the the big difference maker is going to be Manchester United defense. Um, if they are able to keep out of foul trouble, then they're going to be a shoe in. I'm I'm calling my prediction is Manchester United three, Crystal Palace one. But in the last game, they had 17 fouls as opposed to their 17 completed tackles. So they had as many fouls on tackles as they had successful tackles. 
if the refs are more strict, if the refs are trying to make an example out of somebody, especially somebody like Fellaini, who is generally in foul trouble, then it could change the dynamic of the game for sure. Yeah, and I, uh, you know, that you game, know, that uh, game uh, what was that, the April 20th game where Manu won 2 nothing. Was that the game? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, and because of that, you know, because of that game, how the both teams are rolling right now, I'm close on that prediction. I'm going with a 2-1 game. Uh, that, that's what I've got going. Uh, JT, what about you? What, what are you seeing about this game? Who are you taking? Well, I mean, just just looking at what, you know, Aaron has to say, what you've had to say, watching some of the highlights that I've seen, I haven't really got a chance to see as much of either team as I'd like. Um I mean, Man U, is anyone out there going to beat them? Uh, they, they, they are good. They do have a lot going for them. They have the largest international fan base of any club on the planet. And well, they, they are yeah, excellent. They like can't get away from that. They've got that yes, swag, they absolutely too. I don't do. know. You know what I mean? It just seems like there's that swag where it's like, they, it's, it's almost like in uh, in football. You always let your biggest players get off the bus first, intimidate the other team. You know, and that's kind of what it seems like to me. They just have that swag where they just intimidate you right off the bat. Pretty that much. is, that Pretty is very much. true. And to to counter that, I think that it's gonna. What makes the game interesting is that Crystal Palace have only won six games since December. Six games. Five of them have been in the FA Cup. They really, really want this. They have been striving for this because they haven't won silverware in recent memory. They don't generally win silverware. For teams like Man U, for teams like Man City and Chelsea and Arsenal, they're used to going to finals. They're used to being in this championship setting because they're teams that have swagger. They're teams that have that intimidation. Crystal Palace is not used to that. Their road, they've beaten Tottenham, they've beaten Stoke, they've beaten Southampton. They they have this drive for this specific cup that I think mm-hmm. is, is a definite underdog opportunity. And then on top of that, uh, Manchester United's manager at the moment, um, Luis Van Gaal, is actually sort of on his way out. This hasn't been a wildly successful season for Manchester United. I believe they're seventh or eighth in the table right now, like they're not qualifying for champions league at the moment and he may lose his job. So if he loses a game on the way to this final, he may be sacked for the next season. And then what is his drive to continue? If he gets fired, he actually makes 15 million pounds. There's nothing wrong with that. Now let me, let me change gears on you for a minute here. Got a couple of things to throw at you. First one. So, Looking forward, let's say over the next few years, who are some of the young players that you see elevating their game to the top players in the league? Maybe give me a couple uh, offensive players and a couple of keepers. Okay. Um, offensive players-wise, I, I honestly think for Manchester United, for Manchester United, Memphis Depay, um, Belgian guy, really young, lightning fast. Um, he's, he's playing out there on the wing, and I, I think that especially at a, a Belgian international club. He, he made his debut really during the last World Cup, and that's where he sort of gained this recognition. 
with Aiden Hazard playing so poorly, wildly, wildly poorly, um, he's going to take his spot. He's, I think that in the next in the Euro this coming summer, Memphis Depay is going to be one of their highly anticipated offensive people. Um, so I'm definitely looking out for him. He's got a couple years under his belt. He's had one year at Manchester United. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing how he does. Um, sort of following the same line, uh, if you've been following Tottenham at all, Deli Alley has been incredible. Okay. He played 32 games this season, 10 goals from the midfield. Um, so he's, he's got a great eye for ball. He's got a great eye for picking out his teammates. And he is, again, one of those young guys who's lightning fast, 10 years old at the moment. Oof. <clears throat> Living um, the dream. Yeah, exactly. Um, if you – this is a – he's kind of off – this guy's sort of off the radar. He's a, uh, he's a winger out there for uh, Bayern Leverkusen in Germany. German player, 20 years old, on the wing. 65 games, 15 goals, which for a winger is, is pretty excellent. Their job is basically just supply the striker. And he by himself has 15 goals. And what's what's so dynamic about him is that he is two-footed, in in the truest sense of the word. He, no one has any idea what foot he's going to shoot with. So defenders mm. naturally will try to put you on your weaker foot. He doesn't have one. So he with accompanied with his size, he's about six feet tall, which is pretty large for an offensive player. And then his his ability to shoot with both feet, it makes him a, a huge threat, and he is 20 years old. Um, young players now. Do you have a keeper in there for me? Oh, absolutely. Um, actually, the youngest starting keeper in the world, uh, a lot of people haven't really heard about him because he plays in the Italian league for AC Milan. Um, okay. His name is Gianluigi Donnarumma. Nice. Uh, he recently got the starting bid at the beginning of this season. He is – 16 years old, the number one <laughs> keeper for AC Milan, born in 1999. Wow. Wow. Yes, school yeah. is over here, folks. So for his dri- he got his driver's license and then immediately after started being paid about $100,000 per week to play soccer. Um, they're saying I mean, that he's going to be the – yeah. Uh, you're telling me. They're saying that he's going to be, like, the, the truth. He's going to be the end-all, be-all of Italian soccer. And I, I think that it's, it's telling of the goalkeeper position that the, the prime of your career is around 26, 27, 28. But you can play well into your 30s. You can play well into your 30s. So this 16-year-old player quite possibly has 20 seasons, five World Cups playing for Italy. Oof. I am totally in the wrong business. <laughs> yeah. By by the time he is 35, 36, he will have been being paid $100,000 per week, not even per month, per week, to be playing soccer, maybe quite possibly the most decorated keeper of all time. When you think about Julio Cesar, who is 34 years old, you think about uh, Buffon, who is, I, I, I mean, he's over 35, which – in in sports terms, is like decrepit. Like he's the yeah. It's over the by hill. the time you're 35 yeah. and an athlete, you're like the crypt keeper's dad. So <laughs> at, at this one point, of the things, though, you know, and I'm sorry, I I have to interrupt just for one second because no. 
I have to apologize to my listeners. I thought I was bringing somebody on that had a clue about soccer, and, you know, it's quite apparent that he has no idea what the hell he's talking about here, folks. <laughs> I think he's, I personally, I think he's making it up as he goes along here just to sound credible. Uh, no, actually, this is what I love, and this is why we love having you on. You're like an encyclopedia uh, for the sport of soccer, and uh, absolutely love your insight. I'm sorry, I had to get that in there because I'm just sitting there and I'm just like, when you leave me speechless, um, that is, that's a that's feat. Answer, man. I, I truly take that as a compliment. Yeah, no, it really is. Like I said, I'm not usually left speechless often, but uh, no, no uh, folks, you know, uh, I, I got to tell you, I really, you know, we work hard to make sure, as I've mentioned earlier, bring you the best of everything. And uh, quite clearly, we have brought you probably the best analyst uh, for the soccer world that we could possibly, possibly bring you. Uh, you know, and I want to ask something. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Here's the danger of life, asking a question that you don't know what the answer is on air. Um, do you also follow the uh, MLS uh, this uh, stringently? Do you follow the... Uh, <laughs> I I am not as keen on the MLS simply because the level of play is less. Um, but I, I'm from Columbus. I live in Columbus, whoa, so whoa, I, I do follow there, the Columbus huh? crew. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. You got to follow your home team. Like that, it's in the song. No, no, no. I'm just saying though. Do you really think that the uh, the MLS game is uh, that watered down from from? you know, across the pond? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there are teams that have great team chemistry. There are teams that have uh, great buildup that plays coaches that are credible and that play like played and have coached at the international level. There's a reason that top flight players don't come to the United States until their careers have waned. One, because MLS athletes are not paid nearly as well as other athletes in the United States, but also because the level of competition is less. If you put somebody who's in the prime of their career, if you, if you pick someone like, um, if you put Willian from Chelsea, he just won like team's player of the year. Like he didn't win the, he didn't win the premier league player of the year, believe me, but he won the like Chelsea player of the year. If you put him on any team in the MLS, it would be scary to watch him play against our caliber right. of player. I have to – no, all right, but I have to – I don't know. I can't really agree 100% because, you know, all the fanfare of how he was going to dominate when David Beckham came over. Now, he was still in the prime of his career. He was supposed to take over the sport – and be the Wayne Gretzky of MLS, okay? He was supposed to be Michael Jordan of MLS. He was supposed to come here and do exactly what you just said, show why the European game is so much better, and he didn't. Now, is that just simply because he was never that good? He was hype? He lost his game when he came over here? Or actually, the you know, the league really isn't all that bad, which I, I guess you're not going to agree with me on that one. So what are you going to say? He he was losing his skills or, or that he was more hype? Well, David Beckham didn't start playing for the LA Galaxy 
until 2007. So being right. born in 1975, that makes him 32. For a midfielder, 32 is relatively old. Frank Lampard left Chelsea and, and joined the – well, he didn't join the MLS, but he signed with the MLS and then was loaned to Manchester City when he okay. was right around that age. John Terry plays for Chelsea. I say Chelsea because I know more about their players than anyone else because I'm a fan. Right. John Terry is, is pushing Chelsea. 34 and is they're finally starting to admit that he's losing his step. So David okay. Beckham, who is an incredible player, was an incredible player, great for England, great for, for all of the club teams that he played for, didn't start playing in the MLS until he was 32. And from the midfield position, he did play very well. I, like I said, I when he came over, I guess it was more uh, the hype of the women for his looks than uh, because I was being led to believe that he was still in his prime and he was going to bring something to the game. And uh, I wasn't as blown away as the hype. And, uh, again, maybe it's his uh, GQ looks that uh, caused a lot of that hype more than yeah. anything. I didn't I know we were getting a down version of David Beckham. The hype itself was, was politics. It was a way to get Americans excited about soccer. If you recall, a couple years before 2007, we started talking about Freddie Adu, who was supposed to be this amazing American player that was going to revolutionize American soccer. And where is he now? The no. Where are you now? It's, it's quite literally we were trying to get people on board to watch soccer, to be a part of soccer. And so we had to kind of build these – elaborate ruses to get people to watch, which is understandable because, I mean, it's the world's game, quite literally. It's the most watched sport of all of them. So we had just been left behind. Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to – we're going to have to have you back on because I've got a million other questions then uh, regarding soccer. Uh, I, I want to thank you for your time tonight. You've been, as usual, a wealth of knowledge in the soccer world uh, – Aaron, uh, I'd like to invite you on again uh, in the coming weeks. We can talk about what happened here. And, uh, and then, like I said, I, I have a bunch more questions, and I just don't have the time. So I want to thank you very much for joining us tonight, Aaron. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much, folks. That take was care. Our, uh, yeah, take, take care, Aaron. Thanks so much. Uh, folks, that was our uh, soccer expert, as you heard, definitely an expert, uh, Aaron Mickey on the line, uh, talking the FA Cup, talking everything soccer with us. Uh, great, great, great analyst. Uh, great job on that, folks. And uh, now, you know, I want to get back to uh, what we do best now here at Fantasy Jester uh, Show and FantasyJesterSports.com and talk a little fantasy sports um, because – you know, there was a trade involving Shelby Miller mm. uh, coming from Atlanta going to Arizona and a swap of players. And, uh, JT, how's that working out? That's not working out real good if you're an Arizona Diamondback fan. Uh, ERA north of seven. Uh, as far as fantasy leagues, I believe he's been dropped in over 40% of the leagues I've seen him play in. Uh, doesn't understand in that ballpark you got to keep the ball down but he's not doing that and you know it's funny you know we talked about uh dave stewart gm several weeks ago you know his handling of archie bradley 
some of the trades that he's made. And I'm sitting here looking at him giving up the number one pick in last year's draft, shortstop Dansby Swanson, who's already yeah. been elevated to double A. You have Endar and Ciarte, who's off to a slow start, but that has to do with he missed three weeks with an injury. And you've got a pitcher named Aaron Blair that's already came up and pitched. He's a nice number three, number four rotation guy, pitched a solid game. You know, and they get back Gabe Spirer, who's a minor league pitcher and never will be anything more. And at this point, Shelby Miller. But for Dave Stewart to come out yesterday and say he'd do the trade all over again, yeah, I'm calling BS on that. If you do yeah, the yeah, trade yeah, all I... over again, you need a new job. Maybe Philadelphia will hire you to be their GM. Yeah, he's struggling. Uh, and now let me ask, because we've got Busy J on the line, and uh, it, it's a, obviously no secret if you're a fan of the show, you already know Busy J's a Met fan. Uh, Shelby Miller, uh, struggling as bad as the Dark Knight? And what is up with the Dark Knight? I, I, think, it's a, I, I think it's a location thing with going on with the Dark Knight. I think he'll turn it around. Uh, I, you know, I give him a couple more starts, and then they might have to really, you know, address the situation. But his location's not there. And one more thing about the Shellsbury situation: everybody ridiculed that trade, but the Diamondbacks, you know, they had no problem with it. And recently, they went on record saying they would do it again. So uh, they let you know what's going on with that organization. Yeah, was, you know, uh, Dave Stewart. I'm an trade. A's fan. Dave Stewart's one of my favorite all-time A's. I mean, he had the stare at the, on the mound, the fork ball, the four straight seasons of 20 wins. You know, look up Michael Jordan. Just because you were a great ball player doesn't mean you're a great general manager, and I think the ownership group in Arizona needs to start reconsidering what they've got at the top. You yep. know what? Real quick, real quick, guys, because I definitely want to get to our last topic. Um, fine. Shelby Miller's struggling. The Dark Knight's struggling. You're thinking about dropping these guys, okay? I have somebody. Um, JT, who, who are you going to give our listeners that they can turn to that's still available on the waiver wire? The guy that I like is uh, Rich Hill in Oakland, uh, left-handed okay. pitcher. You're, you know, 5-3, and 2-6 ERA. Um, you know, the thing I like about him is, he will strike out a lot of batters, 53 Ks and 43 innings. You will have to put up with a couple walks. But this is a guy that was left undrafted in most leagues and at this point high, much higher statistically than uh, Shelby Miller. Uh, I guess if there's any Met pitcher on the uh, waiver wire, Busy <laughs> Jay, you're going you're gonna to say pick him up immediately? Zach Wheeler. Zach Wheeler. Yeah, Zach Wheeler. Uh, what are we hearing go. on Zach Wheeler? Is he coming? He's coming. He's coming. When when are we figuring? Have you heard? I the last the last thing I heard was mid June that he'll be ready to go. Ooh, all right. All right. okay. So he'll be taking he'll be taking Dark Knight's uh, position once they realize that there is definitely something wrong with his arm and he needs surgery. Gotcha. Because <laughs> that's what no, he's not a saying. second baseman for your team. Remember that. Oh my right. lord, folks! You know. Uh, I have a fantasy team, uh, one in particular that I play in a league with JT, and JT just uh, mentioned about second base. I am on my, what is it, third, fourth, uh, second base? I think you're up to your fourth. Uh, Constant injuries to my second base or PED suspension in the case of D. Gordon. So uh, second base has been a nightmare. uh, Folks, uh, let's avoid uh, Chris Owings. 
That's all. Thank just you. Yeah. For the night, he picked up Owings. Avoid him. Yeah, pretty much anybody who has Chris Owings on, on their team might as well drop him now because I just picked him up and that, that's a kiss of death. Uh, no, real quick, folks, uh, for a pitcher, if you're looking for a pitcher, he's out there right now in Yahoo League's 50%, uh, 57% owned. Uh, so he's still available out there in almost half the leagues. Uh, he's got four straight wins over those four straight wins, 32 Ks, 2.58 ERA, a 117 uh, whip. Chris Tillman for the Baltimore mm. Orioles. Um, you know, you've got a guy, he's 28 years old. He's the former second-round pick of Seattle in 2006, and he is starting to throw Ks. He's starting to get it. He's coming into his own nicely, okay, and he plays for Baltimore, who is currently the 10th-place team in runs scored. So um, that is a that's a pickup there. If he's still available, like I said, it's 57%, so – Damn near half the leagues he's going to be available in. And uh, that's your fantasy pitchers real quick for everybody. I definitely wanted to get on this last one with the three of you. I had the opportunity today. Uh, it was fun. I, I was a little bored. I had gotten done with a couple of things, and I just wanted to see for uh, giggles uh, a mock draft. I did a Yahoo mock draft, a 10-team draft and all that, and uh, – had fun with it, and uh, just so that I could go see uh, what some of the other uh, fantasy players were doing and what what it looked like as far as ADP. Football, top three running backs off the board this coming season. Uh, we got a minute for each of us. Give me uh, – let's start with JT, go busy Jay, and then myself, and then I'll wrap up. JT, uh, top three running backs off the board. Who do you think they are or who do you think they should be? I'm going to go with who I think they should be. First guy off the board, in my opinion, because of his receiving prowess and running prowess, I'm taking David Johnson in Arizona. Second running back off the board, I'm going Todd Gurley. Now, the third running back, I'm probably going to take some flack for, but it's the team that ran the ball more than any team in the league last year, and they just paid this guy some money. I'm going Lamar Miller with the third pick because I see a huge season in front of this guy. He's out to prove something and uh, he's on a team that's going to run the football. So those are the three guys that I'm taking. You may wonder where Le'Veon Bell is. I'm not interested in the guy that's never available in the fantasy playoffs. So I knock him down four or five pegs for that. Injuries, uh, the injuries uh, add up. It makes you wary. Uh, Busy Jay, who are you taking? Who are your top three fantasy backs? The first one, I'm going to take Todd Gurley as my number one option. I think he's going to have a phenomenal season. I think he's going to have a phenomenal season coming up. Second, I'm going to give it to the old man. I I, I still believe in AP. I think he's going to have a great year. Now, knowing that they have offensive weapons out there, it's going to take the pressure off of him. So I expect a bounce back year from AP, Adrian Peterson. And number three, I'm going to throw a curveball at both of you guys. I'm going the big freak. I'm going Ezekiel Elliott. I think he's going to have a great year behind him. What a maroon. <laughs> what an ignoranimous. <laughs> uh, well, I didn't know that. Listen, I had no clue. Folks, those of you who are listening, 
I had no clue who these guys were going to pick. We didn't have a uh, chance to talk about it. But I knew one of the two of you were going to come up with one that I just clearly did not agree. And I'm sitting there, JT, JT, you hit all three of mine, okay? I okay. have in order Johnson. I have Johnson first, Miller second, Gurley third, okay? Okay. Um, and uh, it scared me. I'm like, I'm never going to get to play this. You know, and I'm staring at the list so that people know. By the way, in mock drafts right now, ADP has it that the top backs are David Johnson, Gurley, Bell, AP, Miller, Doug Martin, Devonta Freeman. Those are your top seven backs, how they're going in uh, mock drafts right now on Yahoo. And Busy J, uh, you started giving me the picks, and I'm like, son of a gun, I'm not going to be able to play it. And then you give me Elliot, and it's just like, oh, for all my Dallas fans, there you go. Merry Christmas. So I like him. Who were your three picks? Your first pick was, I'm sorry, who? Gurley. Gurley, number one. Number two? Adrian Peterson. And then number three? Ezekiel Elliott. What a maroon. (laughs) What an ignoramus. You didn't see that. Yeah, I got to play that twice. I got my money's worth busy. on that one. You know, Busy, you know what, man? I'm going to tell you. I mean, Elliot's a sexy pick because of where he landed, the big you know, big star, you know, God's team. But I'm going to tell you this much. McFadden has, still has something to say. He had a great year last year. Alfred Morris is going gonna, is gonna to hawk some touches. And there's this guy that nobody seems to remember that had a really nice year last year before a knee injury named Lance Dunbar. And I know Jerry Jones mm. likes him, and I know Jason Garrett likes him. So I'm not saying Elliott's not going to be a good back. I just think those three guys are going to vulture too many touches for him to be fantasy top three. Yeah, to be fantasy top three, I, I don't think this year. Can <laughs> I see it be. in the future? Yes. Year. Just not this year. They've got too many horses in that stable, and they weren't sure – you know, I can understand what they did, kind of, sort of. Um, they went and got Morris to they got Morris back uh, to go ahead and cover just in case McFadden had gotten hurt, and just in case they didn't get their back uh, to follow them. What what if all of a sudden somebody changed up before them and they weren't able to get Elliot? So right. what they did is they got themselves an insurance policy just in case they didn't get Elliot. They got Elliot. Now he'll season. He'll split back. He'll split carries with the other backs this year. Uh, maybe, maybe uh, top five in a couple of years, but just I, I don't see it this year, guys. Um, and busy, and folks, busy. Are you not yeah. feeling David Johnson? Oh no, no. I would definitely. He's definitely in my top five. I, I just okay. want to throw okay. a little curveball out there tonight. I like okay. it, man. You're never afraid to do that unless it's a Met player, and then we know they're coming. So. <laughs> there you go. No, when he throws the Met, plays, Met players out there, he's got the uh, knuckle curve going. <laughs> the Ephus. Yeah, the Ephus pitch. Here comes here comes a Met player at you, okay? Bartolo Colon, home run. Okay. I think Seriously, that's the one though, guys, that Bartolo um, runs faster than. <laughs> <laughs> Bartolo will be a great, he'll be a great fallback. Here's what I wanted to see, and I have to go watch the video. I just want to see what pace he took around the bases and what kind of condition he was in by the time he got to home. <laughs> he was great. He was great. Oh, I'll tell you. Guys, it was a great show. Thanks so much, Jason Busy Jay. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. 
Uh, folks, if you if you uh, like some of the articles that Jason writes, please, at the bottom of uh, all our pages, you can add a comment, all right? If you like what he's writing or you don't like what he's writing, he writes for us, he's been writing for us, does a great job on the articles, and we want your feedback on it. JT uh, doesn't write for us. It's bad enough I have to deal with him on radio. I can't imagine working with him further uh, uh, past that. I can barely get through the radio show. I mean, nah, really. Uh, JT's our radio mm-hmm. guy. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, JT, no, seriously, though, my brother, thank you so much for joining us again tonight. Wonderful job, as always. Love uh, it. Guys, great job. Thank you for joining us. And everyone out there, uh, thank you so much, uh, you know, for joining us. Uh, uh, it's it's a lot of fun. We have a good time. And uh, you, know, you know what that means. It means we had fun. Thanks to all of you, we get to wrap our lives in sports. We've worked very hard to bring you the best for it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You have been listening to the Fantasy Justice Show. Brought to you by FantasyJusticeSports.com. Look, the Fantasy Justice Show. If you had gridiron guys, one shot. This has been one opportunity. The Fantasy Justice sees everything you ever wanted in one moment. Did you capture? His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy There's vomit on his sweater already, mom's spaghetti He's nervous, but on the surface he looks calm and ready to drop palms But he keeps on forgetting what he wrote down The whole crowd goes so loud, he opens his mouth But the words won't come out, he's choking